guys, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast of Faith Church on the north side of Indianapolis. I'm your host, Claire Kingsley. And well, because we've made changes in response to the COVID-19 crisis, Cut for Time is going to start to look a little bit different in the coming weeks. So when our pastors record their message for teaching on the weekend, it has felt similar to Cut for Time. And so we have the opportunity during Cut for Time to make it look unique or something different right now. So moving forward, we're going to use Cut for Time as a way to share stories, encourage one another, and hear about what other people in our church and community are doing to make an impact. So if you have stories you want to share or stories that maybe somebody else's that you're hearing of other people doing, we would love for you to reach out to us so we know those things are going on and maybe we could have them on Cut for Time. So if you have stories to share, please feel free to email me, Claire, your host, at claire at faithliveitout.org. That being said, our morning guest is Melissa Ho this morning. Yay! (laughs) Melissa has a background in family counseling. She's a mom of three and a wife to Caleb. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us and taking the time to prepare what you are going to share with us today. Great. Thank you. Also, uh, Joey is on our podcast this morning. I asked him to hop on in order to answer an important question someone submitted in response to his message from Sunday. And Melissa, of course, I'd love for you to weigh in here as well. Okay. So Joey, in last week's discussion on Sunday, you gave some suggestions for embracing hope and resisting despair. One of them was unplugging and only checking the news once a day. But we do have quite a few people in our congregation or our families that are on the front lines of this crisis, such as medical personnel, media, the health department, and others who cannot break from it. So what can they do and how can we encourage them as they do need to focus on the crisis without getting much of a break? Yeah, I think that's a great question, and I was glad for the time to kind of think about that one ahead of time and uh, come up with with a response, because uh, I think there's really two questions inside of this one question. Um, how does the person who is on the front lines maintain a, a sense of being at Jesus's feet during this time, and how do the people at home help that person also not to get overwhelmed? Right, right now where we are with all of the news just hitting us in a moment by moment and changing, it, it's really difficult to uh, not go into this anxiety spiral. So uh, for those who are on the front lines, I would say the hardest thing, the two things to keep in mind right now. Number one, the hardest one is probably creating clear boundaries, clear lines of demarcation between work and home, uh, between work and rest. Like really the the Old Testament concept of Sabbath really comes into this now. You may have to go uh, all in for five days, six days straight, but then you have to guard that Sabbath. You have to guard that 24 hours of being unplugged. And you may even have to say to a boss or somebody like that, like, if you want me to be good for six days straight, I have to have one day where I'm completely disconnected from this. Um, If you can do that, I think that's wise to do. If you can't do that, then you're going to have to figure out a way to carve out small parts, small pieces of time within your your regular week uh, to disconnect. And probably, I mean, a couple of things to do during that time is do something physical, um, go run, go walk, get outside, go garden, go do something physical. And another thing to do uh, is invest in some sort of 
hobby or endeavor or enterprise that is like whole body, whole mind engaging, right? Don't passively zone out and watch Netflix because your brain's still going in the background. Like go do something in the garage or work on your car or do some hobby that your brain has to engage in because you need to get your attention somewhere other than um, somewhere other than just mulling on this stuff in the background. So Sabbath, rest, do something life-giving. Um, but the a second thing to keep in mind here for, for uh, those people that we love that are on the front lines, um, you have a sacred responsibility to be like Jesus in this moment, both in how you serve and in how you absorb the anxiety and the fear of others into yourself in such a way that you don't transmit it back to others. I'm reminded of, I forget where this is. It's in a, a it's like in a third century letter that um, one of the Christian bishops, early bishops wrote in, in, he was talking about one of the plagues and said that um, Christians cared for others during the plague and willingly gave their lives and the way he puts it is that the sickness of the people they cared for was transferred to the Christians and they willingly died in the place of the people they cared for. Now, I'm not saying that our, our physicians should go out and intentionally get sick or, or die in other people's places, but I think there was a sense then in that particular plague that they were doing what Jesus would have done in that situation, absorbing the the pain and the illness of others and holding it in themselves for the sake of the people around them. So maybe this is a little too esoteric or metaphorical to really connect. But um, when I see a, you know, a physician and I've talked to a few of our physicians at faith, um, when I see them go into their hospitals with a kind of still centered presence, absorb the anxiety of the people around them and, and be able to rely on Jesus for strength in that moment and then radiate that calmness back out that comes from Christ. Uh, they are, they are uh, performing a redemptive act in their workplaces. And to be able to do that and not necessarily take all of it home and then dump it on your family, to continue to simply take it to Christ and absorb that anxiety for others uh, I think that it's a huge sacred responsibility that our physicians and our uh, people who work in media and in the news have. Now, those of us at home, I think there's some important things that we need to keep in mind, too. You know, when our loved ones come home from these huge anxiety-inducing places, um, we can be, I mean, we cannot, we should perhaps refrain from immediately questioning, like, okay, how, how bad is it? How bad is it going to get? And what do I need to know that you're not actually telling anyone and, and, and all of, and how worried should I be? And things like that. Maybe you get five minutes to just like start a timer and say, okay, dump on me. I'm ready. Now let's put it away. Help your, help the person you love and live with to practice and guard that Sabbath, help them, give them permission to engage in those life-giving um, rest, restful activities and um, in a sense, your call is maybe to absorb the anxiety of the world around, you know, your world at home so that they can come home and carve out that Sabbath time. Hopefully that's helpful for some people. Melissa, I'd love to hear if you have any more input on that. Hopefully that's helpful for, uh, for people and gives a few more uh, ideas and examples. 
Right. I think the only thing I would add, just the, the things that we would normally be doing um, that we need to do more of during this time of really attuning to what isn't changing, the, the Lord's character and his presence. And I love that idea of really being intentional about it, not just zoning out, but uh, really setting our mind on those things. And then I think for those of us at home, um, I think we have a great responsibility in prayer and any ways that we can encourage, um, letting people know I am praying for you. How can I pray for you? Asking for specifics um, and just you know, being, I feel like we have an increase for those of us that aren't on the front lines, have an increased, you know, this is our work to do in prayer. Thanks, Melissa. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to answer this important question. And um, Joey, we're going to transition to the remainder of our podcast. Please, we'd love for you to add any insight or questions as we continue to interview Melissa. And um, we're going to just stay on this idea of anxiety just for a little bit longer. Melissa, with her family counseling background, is going to talk about what should we do as parents um, to help our children? What should, be, what should we be watching for in, as signs that would be concerning to us that our children are carrying too much or they're too anxious? And then this additional question is how should we respond as parents and what can we do? So um, Melissa, go ahead and answer, what are some things that we should be watching for in our children? And this can range from littles to students in college and high school. Right, so yeah, this is gonna vary by ages and stages, certainly by the personality of our child. and even just, you know, how they are responding to all the changes in their world, maybe how vulnerable they feel. Um, and I think, you know, it might be normal to see a few of these right now. There is a lot going on. I think our cause for concern would be when we're seeing a lot of these, um, or maybe they're becoming more of a regular pattern. So, you know, in children, younger children, say two and under, this might look like excessive crying, um, being more irritable, more clingy, those sorts of things. In preschoolers up to kindergartners, it may be returning to behaviors that they've already outgrown, such as you know, having an accident and wetting their pants, um, being more scared of being separated from mom and dad, maybe more tantrums, um, those sorts of things. I think as you know, we get at our school age children, or any age really, if we're hearing them express excessive sadness, uh, worry, even anger, you know, I'm really mad about some of the things that are going on. Um, we'd want to address that. Um, I think also if they're having a hard time concentrating on school, staying on task, you know, that's maybe harder to judge when we're all at home right now. Um, I think as we move up to teens and preteens and teens, um, I'd be concerned about more irritability, again, a, a big change in their school performance. Um, if they're not engaging in things that they have usually enjoyed, and again, I know that's different when we're all home right now, but still, what are things they can be doing that they enjoy? And, you know, our teens might respond by acting out or being more aggressive. Others may really withdraw, so it just depends. Um, some of the physical things uh, would be concerning 
could be having a hard time sleeping or being overly tired. Could be changes in appetite or just you know digestive issues, tummy being off. And then just headaches, aches and pains that it's hard to explain. And then obviously we would be very concerned about more dangerous behaviors or substance use. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things we can be aware of. Mm -hmm. Watching for. So then how would we react or respond in those situations? Once we notice it, what do we do? Sure. So for younger children, I think a great thing is making sure you have time to play with them. Um, Young children are going to work out a lot of those feelings through play. So listen and watch their play. Is there somebody who's scared? Is there someone who's being really strong and beating the bad thing that is making them scared? Um, Can you interact with that? Similarly, art can be another great medium and means for expressing some of those feelings as well. And then um, elementary kids all the way up through teens, take time to talk about it. Um, You know, in our house last week, just after our family worship time and the things that Joey shared, that was a really good opportunity to just check in with our girls, you know, asking what are their fears or worries? Are there things that they're concerned about? And then I think we validate that. There there are a lot of losses and uncertainties right now. Um, We can answer their questions in really age-appropriate ways, reassure them these are the ways that things we are doing to keep you safe, to keep us safe. And I think also letting them know how we as parents are coping. Our modeling is really important. Um, If they see us excessively stressed out, that's going to feed their anxiety. And so this is our opportunity to share scripture that is encouraging us. The biblical truths that we are really rehearsing and bringing to mind. And I think uh, maybe this is the benefit of age, the ways that we have seen God provide for us in the past and that we're seeing him do that in the present for us and for those around us. Um, As I was thinking about this, I started thinking about Deuteronomy 6 and the Shema and what a unique opportunity we have as we're with our kids so much right now to impress God's truth on them, to talk about it when we wake up, when we sit at home, when we go for a walk, when we're going to bed, to remind them over and over of God's faithfulness. And um, I would just say a little caveat for some of our preteens or teens that um, these feelings can be very overwhelming. Um, Again, some may withdraw and some may unleash that on parents and siblings. And so I think as parents, our goal would be to graciously and respectfully help them unpack those feelings and be able to deal with them. So, um, Melissa, what are some other things that we can do in our home other than um, just the great ideas that you just gave? What are some things that we can establish in our home as rhythms or things that we can control when we're in a circumstance that feels out of control? And how does that help our kids? Right. So I think definitely one is having routines. Structure and normalcy can really help lower anxiety. So even with school out, have a routine for learning, for exercise, for connecting with others, and for having fun. Um, Also really basic, but really important is just making sure that all of us, especially our children and teens, are getting good sleep and even, I'd say, good sleep patterns. You know, we're not 
you know, all over the place, going to bed super late, getting up super late, those sorts of things, but getting good sleep, good nutrition and exercise. I loved Joey's comments at the beginning, really, that's so important. Um, I think it's also important to help our kids connect with others. We have to be socially distanced, but we don't have to be isolated. And so whether that's phone or FaceTime or whatever that looks like, um, helping them to stay connected. Um, and I think then also having fun as, fam as a family. Laughter is good medicine. And so you know, put that into the structure and the rhythm of family. Um, similarly to what Joey shared on Sunday, limit exposure to news coverage and social media. We as adults are really struggling to keep up and to understand and for a child who may not fully understand how much more difficult and how much more frightening is that. Uh, so being very aware of, of how much they're consuming or not consuming. Melissa, you and I talked on this phone a little bit to be able to prepare for the podcast and you mentioned two remedies, we could say, to um, combat anxiety or remedies to anxiety. What are some things additionally that we can focus on that might help? Yeah, I think also practicing gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, if you want, that we are looking, intentionally looking for where God is working all around us and being thankful for so many blessings that we have, even in the midst of a pandemic, his mercies are new every morning. And I think intentionally reminding ourselves and others how faithful God is in the big and the small and how much he loves us. When we're doing that, we are, you know, transforming our thoughts and really fixing our eyes on him. Mm -hmm. And then I think maybe an outgrowth of that, another thing that we can do is to be actively helping others. I think in a time when things feel very much out of control, and I think it's that out of control, which leads to a lot of anxiety, when we can be a part of the solution, when we can you know, do something to encourage someone or meet a need through generosity, um, even being really intentional in praying for those on the front lines, I think that helps us you know, we can be active rather than just all of these things are happening to us, but being active and generous, I think can also be really helpful. Mm -hmm. So what are some things, would you mind sharing some things that your family is doing already to practice gratefulness? Yeah, well, very basic. We just each evening, usually, uh, it's usually in the evening, go around and just share one thing that everyone is thankful for from that day. And they can be small things. Glad we got to go for a walk. Glad I got to FaceTime a friend. Or, oh, we played a family game together. You know, but that we take time to, to recognize that those are good gifts from God. And it makes us appreciate what we have. It's so easy to focus on all the things that are canceled and on all the things we aren't able to do. And this really focuses on what we can do and um, what we do have and the ways that God is blessing us. Mm -hmm. So something that you just mentioned is that an outpouring of having a grateful heart, it's going to be contagious, it's going to overflow, and it will affect others. So how have you seen um, some things change around you with your family 
you know, focusing on gratitude or your community group or your neighborhood? What's changed? Well, I think, um, I think it just helps us as a family kind of keep our focus on, on things we want to, on the things that we do have and the things that we can do. Um, I think one of the things, you know, just looking for ways to practice kindness comes out of that. Um, kind of a, a small but a sweet thing. Um, I have a preschool age niece uh, in another state and she is an only child and is really missing being around lots of other children. And my daughters have been regularly FaceTiming her. Um, yesterday, one of them spent, I think, 45 minutes reading books to her, which gives her a connection, gives her mom and dad a little break, and it's something that we can do to bless them. Um, things like that. I love um, some of the things that I'm hearing about just in our community. I think our neighborhood um, has converted a little library into um, you know, a place to, to leave supplies or pick up supplies um, or kind of working together as a neighborhood to donate to a food pantry. I think those sorts of things, they really buoy my spirit, you know, really encourage me. And I think those are great to be a part of things that we can do positive things. Yeah. Thank you so much, Melissa, for taking some time to share these thoughts with us and just all of the wisdom that you have. And I'm so thankful for your background um, and family counseling so you can give insight and just really help guide parents who are trying to navigate this difficult situation for ourselves, but then also for our kids. Right. Right. Thank you so much for taking this time. Thank you. Us. Yeah. Well, you guys, that's all we've got for today's episode of Cut for Time. And I am so looking forward to any future Cut for Time episodes where we get to share these encouraging moments and stories with you of what people in our church body are doing right now during this time. And as always, please feel free to share this podcast. Sometimes it's difficult to share the podcast, especially if you're listening through our Faith Church app. And so I want to give you one easy way to be able to share this podcast. We are always uploading our Cut for Time podcasts to our website. So whatever sermon series we are in, you are able to go to our sermon series website and you will see all the Cut for Time episodes along with our sermons there. So for last week's sermon discussion with Pastor Joey and Pastor Nathan. You will also see this Cut for Time episode linked there. So we link each the content for each week together. Once you see that link, you can send it to anybody, um, whether they have an iPhone, Android phone, or no phone, they should be able to listen to it online um, through their desktop or any other way. So that's all we've got for today. Thank you so much for taking time to listen. And we are looking forward to being again with you next week. Woohoo!